0: so welcome to the first episode of the life leeson's podcast i'm marcus leeson and i'll be your host for this series so the whole idea of this podcast is just to gain a deeper insight of others everyone goes through a different journey in life and with those experiences we form new perspectives new values and we learn to tackle life slightly differently my hope is that through these conversations, I can learn from other people's experiences and not just my own. So for our first episode, I've brought in my good friend, Lawrence Too. Uh Why don't you go ahead and say hi and maybe give a brief introduction about yourself? Hey, thanks for having me, Marcus. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so I'm Lawrence, uh, I'm 24 years old, I live um, in Vancouver. I graduated from UBC with a Bachelor's of Science in uh, Biochemistry. And now I work in uh, the pharmaceutical industry. Um, I guess whenever I'm not working, uh, playing volleyball with Marcus or uh, <laughs> just hanging with my friends. Yeah. And that's just about it. Yeah.
0: So Lawrence and I met in my first year, which is... Wait, sorry. You're yeah, three years yeah. older than me. So that was your fourth year at uni? Um, yeah, that sounds
1: right. Okay. I think it. uh is while I was... um on my co-op terms. So it was kinda like in between third and fourth year. Okay. Like I hadn't fully started my fourth year yet. Mm -hmm. Um and we met obviously through volleyball. Yeah,
0: yeah. Was that your uh, so for me, um or like yeah, so that was like tier three intramural volleyball. That was like my (laughs) first year. And basically like one of my uh one of our mutual friends, Angel Flores, so shout outs to Angel. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she uh, she invited me onto that team and after that, like, I just started playing volleyball all over again, because I think, but well, if that didn't happen, I probably wouldn't have kept playing. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, but for you, was that your first, or, like, how long had you been playing volleyball before that?
1: Uh, not that long, actually. Like, before that, um, it was kind of, like, the same situation. I only played volleyball um, through intramurals. I yeah. think it was through um, UBC Science, uh, Undergraduate Society. Oh, okay. So, basically, they had, like, a subsidized... Um, intramural fees if you participate on um the sus team mm-hmm. so that's what i did first and then that wasn't fun at all like <laughs> after that i like because you know like you play with uh, random people yeah. there's like not much communication going on mm-hmm. everyone's like pretty brand new at volleyball there was like one guy that was really good yeah so we just kept on feeding him <laughs> the entire match and yeah. that was basically uh the semester of intramurals. <laughs> Um, but then when I played with, uh, you guys, with Angel and everyone, um, that was actually fun, because, like, then teamwork started getting involved, Mm -hmm. and then I started learning about, like, um, the value of, uh, playing positions, and I saw, like, um, high potential for, like, there's a very high, uh, skill ceiling Mm -hmm. in volleyball, like, um, the more you practice and refine your technique, Mm -hmm. obviously the better you get, but, like, um and it's just so hard to master everything there's so much to learn yeah for sure um and then it was nice like playing with uh you and like everyone because everyone was like so patient with mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. because it was uh you know I haven't even played for uh, one year yeah. uh, at that point um so yeah it was really fun uh playing with you guys and I think that's when I started becoming like an addict <laughs> to volleyball you know
0: yeah where uh, so, did you just start through intramurals, or...?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I didn't play anything in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing within, like, the first three years of undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends asked me to play volleyball, like, in the first two years of undergrad. Oh, yeah. When I was in first year and second year, but I was like, nah, volleyball sounds lame. <laughs> I think I'd rather just study. Um, yeah, but after uh, playing with you guys, yeah. that's uh, what made the difference.
0: I'm curious what changed your mind then, if, like, if first in second year, you were, like, oh, that's lame, and then third year to be, like, I'm gonna go sign up and play with a bunch of strangers, like, yeah, I don't know, actually, <laughs> like, I think in third year, I was just really bored, mm-hmm. and, like, because I
1: was on co-op at that time, Yeah. so um, I had, like, a lot of free time, and um, my first co-op was at UBC, Yeah. so I finished at UBC, and just, like, hmm, well, now I'm just gonna go home, mm-hmm. or I could, you know, try something new, yeah, Um, and volleyball seemed to like fit that criteria because, like, Mm -hmm. basketball uh, I really suck at cardio, so basketball, soccer, (laughs) um, flag football, futsal, all that was out of the picture because you had to run so much. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. volleyball, I was like, maybe volleyball is a little bit easier (laughs) for me, basically, because like I have no cardio, maybe that'd be a good fit. And it turns out it was, yeah.
0: I definitely do feel like volleyball is a pretty good like sport to get into, like, Mm -hmm. I, I think. A fair amount of it's, like, technique-based, but it's not terribly difficult to pick up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah.
1: Uh, I think it's a little bit uh, pretty punishing for mm-hmm. uh, beginners.
0: Yeah, well, um, I totally
1: agree. Because, like, if you try <laughs> to teach your friends, like, I've been trying to get my friends to play, and, um, like, so many things I kind of take for granted, like, you know, passing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or serving, you yeah. kind of, like... In my mind, for some reason, I expect everyone to know (laughs) and, like, know the basic fundamentals because I'm familiar with it. For sure. But obviously not. They have never touched a volleyball before. Yeah. And then when you try to show them how to set up their platform Mm -hmm. and they start going for, like, passing, like, basic passing, um, quickly turns into, like, a huge challenge because it's just, like, such a technical skill. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I'd say the learning curve at the very beginning is pretty rough. And depending on who, mm-hmm. the types of people you play against or, like, with, it could be, like, definitely pretty punishing. I think, mm-hmm. like, it's definitely a sport where, like, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Because, mm-hmm, obviously, definitely. like, you, you definitely have those teams you play against <laughs> I, I, I mean I've done this myself too but you just know who their weakest passer is and you just serve them all game <laughs> and <laughs> when you're that weakest passer it's that doesn't feel good <laughs> and, yeah, yeah it
1: definitely does not
0: yeah. yeah I think like unlike basketball and stuff where you can just have like LeBron James just hard carry a yeah, team yeah just carrying like,
1: everyone
0: yeah you can't you can't take up an entire court so uh definitely a lot of teamwork there required
1: Mm-hmm. yeah like i also noticed like um for people who uh, are just starting out mm-hmm. their first couple experiences playing volleyball like the first people they play with can mm-hmm. really make or break their like experience yeah.
0: and whether or not they're going to continue playing for sure i know i i totally agree i think actually fun little story is um when i was in edmonton my co-op i'm not sure if i told you this but yeah I had, there was a couple of people that i met and i remember when we first when I like, first met them, I was like, there's no way these guys have ever played volleyball in their life. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Yeah, but we ended up playing, we were playing like three days a week for like every week. And in probably like the four months, I think, yeah, it was around four months that I knew them, maybe a little longer. Mm-hmm. By the end mm-hmm. of those four months, it was crazy. I would go up there with no blocker, swing as hard as I can, and this like this uh one of the people she was like this girl like f- what maybe like 5-1 she just beat like mm-hmm. right there no block just exactly where i hit the ball and just like did, like dimes She's and like, i was like easy. what the heck i was like damn it's how'd simple. you get so good in four months like if <laughs> if i kept making that progress forever like i'd be in the olympics bro like <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's pretty uh pretty interesting like playing with someone who's never uh, touched a volleyball before and then seeing them progress mm-hmm. so quickly within, like, a couple months. Yeah. Especially if they're your prodigy. Yeah. If they're, like, your student.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then they become better than yeah. you.
0: <laughs> I'm like, this is unfair. How how can you do that <laughs> already? <laughs> um, yeah, so how's... or What have you been doing in terms of volleyball recently? Last uh, pretty much years, nothing. Yeah.
1: Oh, in the last couple of years. Yeah,
0: because, um, I mean, we played intro, intramur- like, the start of my, or the start of your journey, in my eyes, <laughs> was that, like, first, um, that, like, team with Angel.
1: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, like, I just kept on playing uh, intramurals while I was in undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty fun. I moved up to tier two. Um, but other than that, like, it's pretty much been, um, drop-ins at rec centers. Yeah. Um, or at UBC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I did one league, uh, that was, um, last year. Yeah. Uh, or I guess last year in two days.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. It was in 2020. Yeah. Um, it was the most recent season. Um, that, and that was my first, uh, taste of, uh, organized volleyball. Yeah. Other than that, it's all been like sporadic drop-ins mm-hmm. with, uh, like, i picked up uh throughout intramurals Ooh. wait for that league
0: uh what like what league did you play uh
1: it was at harry jerome oh okay um it's harry jerome league and yeah like mixed men's yeah it was mixed just oh, okay. co-ed yeah, yeah uh um and yeah i learned that like played some grass mm-hmm. um did some uh
0: clinics as well yeah um but yeah how were the clinics for you? Because I actually don't think I know anyone else who's done volleyball clinics.
1: Um, I think you would be above the skill level. <laughs> like, I think you would be immediately at, like, the, already, like, the best not, <laughs> out of everyone.
0: Not anymore, um,
1: <laughs> Like, oh. <Yeah. laughs> um yeah like it pretty much varies like there was this one that i joined um that was in richmond and that was more for beginners okay yeah so i kind of joined something that was like a little bit lower than in skill level than what i anticipated Mm -hmm. but um the whole idea was to like touch the ball some more yeah so i didn't really mind that and um there was an hour of free uh, drop in right after. Okay, yeah. Um, because it like ended at ten p.m. at the Oval. Yeah, the class ended at ten p.m. Mm-hmm. and then there was an extra hour they could just like hang around, do nothing. Yeah, until they closed at eleven p.m. So that's what I did. Um, so that was okay. That was um, it's good if you've never touched the volleyball before. Yeah, that one is run by a uh, Matt Ing. Sure. Uh, shout out to Matt Ing. <laughs> hey, uh, he's a really good guy. Um and the one at harry jerome was uh, a little bit more exciting it's more uh, advanced okay yeah um and that one was uh, i think i developed a lot of skills there okay uh, yeah. i think that was uh pretty valuable but it got cut off short because of uh, COVID. covid
0: makes sense yeah. uh no i yeah i was just thinking it's kind of crazy because uh just how into volleyball you've been recently Cause yeah, I think, yeah, I've been an addict. Uh, yeah, I think you've become more of a volleyball addict than myself.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, If you look at my Instagram feed, like you know how there's like explore, mm-hmm. it's filled up with like all these like random volleyball reels, all these random <laughs> uh, volleyball vids, yeah. and pictures, yeah, and yeah, <laughs> it's just highlights, just junkies, watching a lot of high <laughs> cube, yeah, seeing all a lot of these like uh, compilations on YouTube, mm-hmm. <laughs> fun times, and you know, yeah. you know what's like. The annoying thing is that I watch them, but it's always, like, the same clips of the same people every single time. (laughs) Like, nothing exciting, um, like, gets put on there that's, like, new and fresh. You know, it's always, like, Nishida, Ishikawa, Mm -hmm. uh, Ben Patch, like, all the superstars, and it's the same clips every single time. But
0: some of those superstars are just so good, where, for me, Mm -hmm. like, even seeing the same thing over and over again, I'm, like... How do you do that? Like, that's mm-hmm. just crazy.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and I've also been uh, listening to um, uh, Gage Worsley, uh, Joe Worsley, and Mike Amaa, their podcast. Okay, yeah. Um, called Out of System. It's pretty entertaining. Oh, I actually
0: haven't heard of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, what do they do? They talk mostly about volleyball stuff or just the kind of stuff Yeah, they have it's to mostly
1: uh, volleyball stuff. Um, they did a couple of episodes based on, like, um life as a d1 student athlete etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. and then uh joe and micah they moved on to play professionally okay yeah. in uh europe cool. so they've been uh, talking about uh what it's like there the training and like the expectations there mm-hmm. um gage is still stuck at hawaii yeah,
0: unfortunately. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> so he's just kind of like sideline and bench and just like watching uh, his
0: friends play over there plus their season got cut short <laughs> i don't know if you were following mm-hmm. but yeah kind of tragic mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. Um I so uh, something else you actually mentioned was that you're an un, uh, you graduated from ubc uh with just yep. an undergrad. I think something that's really unique about you uh amongst like the rest of my friends is you have just an undergrad degree but uh mm-hmm. you seem to have found a job that you really enjoy and yep. um you talk about it all the time. So maybe you can just <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can just give like uh talk maybe a little bit about Uh, your undergrad as well as like this job that you're working at
1: yeah sure so um like i said before uh, i have a bachelor's in biochemistry and um i gotta say biochemistry was uh pretty tough and i wouldn't have gone through it without uh, my friends (laughs) um because like there's just so much uh information content going on yeah um it really helps to have like a team to support you through like the great times and the not so great times. For sure. Especially uh, uh, during final season studying together that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I graduated. I didn't graduate with like outstanding grades. I think I was like flat within uh, the middle of the bell curve. Mm-hmm. If you looked at <laughs> like my GPA. Yeah. Um, like there's nothing special there, but um, I think it was just like, um. I'd say networking, making meaningful connections mm-hmm. um, and kind of, like, branching out and trying to, like, do new things mm-hmm. is what uh, helped me um, land this, uh, like, really great job that I have today. Um, it was, like, a lot of people talk about um, networking for the purpose of networking. Yeah. Like, knowing more people and uh, having those contacts for down the line, yeah. uh, when you need that job, but to me, networking is more like doing all these cool new experiences and the people you meet along the way. Um, I don't think you should be meeting people for the intent of getting a job later. Mm-hmm. I think, um, like if it works out, it'll work out, you yeah. know. Like, I don't like um, meeting people for the purpose of getting something out of them, mm-hmm. um, so. If I look back on my undergrad degree, there were, like, so many things I tried out. And, obviously, not all of them were, um, like, directly impactful in getting me, like, a job after I graduated. Like, um, if I could pinpoint what I did is, I guess I was just lucky um, (laughs) to, like, seriously, like, um, it was just, like, a very lucky coincidental path that, like, um, the people I met kind of led me to getting a nice research job Mm -hmm. um and then um now what i do is i do drug development at um a pharma company uh, early stage uh, drug discovery um and it's at a pretty large um uh pretty large american uh firm i guess that's headquartered in uh california but they have like some satellite research uh facilities here in uh Burnaby mm-hmm. um but yeah, like I think being someone that has kind of like average uh super average grades <laughs> um funny. it really comes down to I guess networking in the sense that you're trying to branch out trying to do a lot of new things mm-hmm. um and that's what's going to help you uh find your
0: path, I think sure um i guess take a step back like um let's just start from the beginning for a second is uh yeah, sure. so what made you want to do biochem or sciences in general like did you know you wanted to do a research path or was this just something mm-hmm. you kind of figured out along the way um so in high school i
1: was pretty interested in science mm-hmm. um well that was the case in uh, grade 11 and twelfth, but I didn't really feel that passionate about science. I chose to go to UBC science because that's what everyone was doing. It <laughs> seems like as like, yeah, it sounds kind of sad, but like, that was like the legit kind yeah. of reason uh, of why I chose to go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was always that pressure from your parents like, Hey, you should be a doctor, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, and then those dreams quickly got shattered yeah. after my first round of, uh, midterms. Yeah. um, But as for biochemistry, like, that was kind of, like, a fluke, too. Like, um, the way UBC does uh, science major specializations is... um, Everyone does kind of, like, general science courses Mm -hmm. throughout um, first year. And then at the end of first year, they'll be like, okay, list out the top three uh, science majors that you want to enter and specialize in. Mm -hmm. And then uh, your... everyone's, like, put in and distributed according to their um, GPA, I guess. So I didn't know what I wanted to do. It was, like, the night before the deadline. I was just, like, looking at my computer. I had no idea. Yeah. Dude, like, I didn't do any research. Everyone's, like, pushing out, like, all these, like, um, meet your career, meet your major nights. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go to any of those. <laughs> um, and I didn't know what was going on. So I was, like what sounds like the biggest flex major. If you tell them what you study and biochemistry (laughs) sounds kind of like a flex. That's what I went with. So I did like biochemistry first and then probably like microbi after. And Mm -hmm. my third, I don't remember what my third was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just put me into biochemistry and it just so happened that, um, I kind of liked it. Okay. Yeah. Um, second year was pretty tough, but, uh, it was pretty interesting. Sure. Um, and interesting enough, for me to, like, continue on and, like, finishing off the degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the honest description of why I chose my major. <laughs> but it worked out in the yeah. end.
0: Uh, when you said you liked, or you ended up liking biochem, do you feel like mm-hmm. you enjoyed the content? You liked the professors, both, like...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <laughs> all the
1: professors in biochem they're all, like, kind of quirky in their own way. <laughs> they're all kind of, like... Um, funny. Yeah, I guess, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the content is uh pretty good. There's, I don't fully agree with some of, um, the teaching methodologies there. Sure. Um, cause like there's a lot of uh, uh, memorization, for uh things that um we'll never use again. For example, like the Krebs cycle, um, and different like metabolic pathways and like, um. Counting how much energy is being produced mm-hmm. by like your cell, yeah, um, which is like it's I sure it's like interesting, but I don't think it had any high value. Mm-hmm. But there were some other things that were actually pretty um, interesting, both interesting and useful and important to know. And that would be kind of things like uh, organic chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, where everything had, like, a mechanism and a rationale, or things like, um, enzyme kinetics. Oh, sure. Because, um, I saw that as something that would, uh, definitely be useful when you're starting to consider, like, uh, career profession professions down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of things was kind of, like, a little bit unnecessary. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, but overall, I think it I had a pretty good experience, um, doing uh,
0: biochemistry. Sure. How about uh, in terms of like experience or work experience? Because you mentioned you did co op. Um, was mm. co op or the way that you end up getting your job you currently have or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So,
1: um, it's a little bit of like a silly rabbit hole, but like I stumbled upon. Um, my first co-op job by yeah. knowing the right people, sure. uh, coincidentally. Um, Maybe you can elaborate on that?
0: Like,
1: uh... Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the way I got into uh, my first co-op position, yeah. so that was at, my first co-op position was at CDRD okay, um, in um, a research lab at UBC. It's also kind of like a pharmaceutical drug discovery uh, research lab mm-hmm. but it was unique where um the scientists took like uh innovations coming out of uh, academia sure. and then helping them translate it over to uh the business side and developing it into um A something that's more marketable yeah okay. exactly because uh academia they uh usually most uh labs will not have the infrastructure or know-how or the people to translate, like, interesting discoveries Mm -hmm. into um, clinical trials, for example. Okay. Or pre-clinical trials. Mm -hmm. And that's what CDRD is meant to do. They're there to bridge that kind of gap and provide the know-how to drive uh, Canadian life sciences and the innovations coming out of academia. So... um, That's where I did my first co-op job. And the way I got there was by volunteering in a research lab. Um, It's a pretty uh, well-known lab. It's run by uh, Brett Finlay, a microbiologist. Okay. And the way I got there was by um, participating in uh, an undergraduate uh, club called URO. It's called undergraduate research opportunities yeah i've definitely heard of it oh yeah so you've heard of it okay cool yeah so like my group leader was someone was a postdoc that was working in that lab Mm -hmm. so um obviously i didn't know that at the time yeah and at the time i just picked out like a project that seemed interesting and um she was running uh i guess she was leading the group behind that project
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so i started working with her and then along with some other people. And after we finished our poster presentation at um, the conference, um, I asked her, I was like, hey, do you want any like uh, extra hands in the lab? I'm, I have like a lot of free time available right now. And then she said, yeah, sure. <laughs> Come by and uh, we'll see what we can do. I think I can uh, think of some extra uh, experiments you can do on the side.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I did that. And it's only like in total i think i put in only like 40 hours like which isn't too much um and then that's when i got my uh interview um for a co-op that i entered and um after i got accepted into the co-op program started applying around Mm -hmm. and i talked to uh cdrd i applied there and turns out um my group leader from the Finley lab, the postdoc, knew the person that was hiring. So they knew each other. And um, obviously I didn't know that at the time. It's just like pretty lucky. (laughs) And uh, that's how uh, I got into um, CDRD as a co-op, which Mm -hmm. was kind of like impressive to me at the time Mm -hmm. because I had no uh, research experience at all. I just had like uh, optimism. I was just like ready (laughs) to work. Yeah. No, that's all I could offer, like, I just had coursework, Mm -hmm. and I was pretty much, like, blending in with everyone else, like, Mm -hmm. every other applicant,
2: yeah,
1: um, but after I got hired there, I asked him, like, why did you choose me out of, like, everyone, like, I have no experience, like, I'm not qualified, (laughs) um, and they just said, you know, like, you just seemed, like, a very candid person, um, you seemed like you'd be a nice person to have around, and that's, something uh we really look for. Uh plus we had uh that uh reference from the lab you were volunteering at. Yeah. Um and just we just had a good feeling that you were going to be a good fit to the team. Ooh. Um That's so awesome. I guess that kinda experience uh made me realize that having all these credentials tied to your name is nice and all. But at the end of the day, like people are gonna work with you. They're gonna spend the next couple months with you. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely like the personality is going to be a huge factor yeah. uh, when you're interviewing. Um, yeah. So with some decent, like <laughs> CDRD <laughs> credentials under yeah. my name, um, I was able to land my next co-op position at uh, Amgen. Yeah. And, uh, that's the American uh, pharma company that I was talking about earlier. Yep. And then... Um, I guess I made like a good impression mm-hmm. and after I finished my undergrad I was able to apply there and get a job and
0: uh, continue working at Amgen. Damn that's awesome. Was there a mm-hmm. job search? Yeah so the... I was, like super lucky. Was your job search the second time around uh like a lot easier or now that you had worked at CDRC or not really? Mm-hmm. Um
1: I'm not sure. It wasn't mm-hmm. hard at all because I applied to two places. Yeah. I applied to Upsalera mm-hmm. and to CDRD. Yeah. I got two interviews and one job offer from Amgen. So That's not <laughs> too hard. Like yeah. <laughs> I think I was really lucky with timing there mm-hmm. cuz you know, there's all these stories I've seen on Reddit and Facebook and like my friends talking about like how much they're applying to other places yeah. and uh, not getting interviews in the first place. So for sure. I think I was definitely really really lucky with this. So for me personally, it wasn't too bad because mm-hmm. um, it was so straightforward. But I'm pretty sure that was just an anomaly, and I was uh, really lucky with timing there.
0: Oh, because yeah, I'd say definitely from what I've heard and in my experience as well. Like once you land that first co op the other co-ops, like, come quite a bit easier. Um, mm-hmm, just because they know that you have at least work experience and you're not starting from absolutely nothing. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I totally agree with what you were saying earlier about about um, how personality plays a bigger role than I think universities make it out to be. Um, mm-hmm. I think being in school, you have this idea of, like, you need to be the smartest kid on the block, but realistically, mm-hmm. only the top 1% of us are the smartest kids on the block. So, mm-hmm. like... You can always teach someone, like, uh, new content, but it's hard to make someone easy to work with, so I totally agree Mm -hmm. with what you were saying.
1: Yeah, like, um, we recently got um, a few new members uh, added and hired onto our team, Mm -hmm. and I was talking to my manager about it, and I was like, oh, so why did you pick uh, so-and-so to be taken on Mm -hmm. um, instead of, like, all other applicants? Like, what does he bring to the table? Yeah. And then, he said, on his resume, he wrote that he's an award-winning DJ. <laughs> and that created, like, a talking point for them to connect. Yeah. And, um, that's how he stood out. And, like, you know, his award-winning DJ was actually, like, him playing his, like, Spotify playlist when, <laughs> like, uh, during a company event. And that was his award. Yeah. So, it's kind of, like, it's a little bit of a sham, but it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah so props to him like um i think if you can make yourself stand out in any way if it's kind of like quirky that's kind of great if you're kind of like funny and somehow stick out from the rest Mm -hmm. and um yeah i think it's a great idea to have that
0: on your resume if you can from all the jobs that you've applied to and stuff like what have you considered to be your main strengths or what you find sticks out for people applying or for when you're applying to jobs what do you mean uh, sorry. like uh i've that a little poorly but uh you're talking about how you need to make yourself stick out stand out like what do you find about yourself that you say like oh i'm different from the rest of the job pool
1: mm-hmm. um i think it's having one thing is uh, having like a properly formatted uh resume yeah um If you look over at some um, new resume designs coming um, out from, like, tech or any, like, creative uh, industries, Mm -hmm. um, you'll see that their resumes are much more, like, colorful. They're much more um, articulate, and they're really great at giving, like, a quick overview of the person. Mm -hmm. Um, But that might be a hit or miss with... Um, conventional black and white templates sure. because uh, some people are kind of like old school mm-hmm. but for me personally like I list all my hobbies on there and yeah. I list like quirky things about me
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, wherever there's space obviously like you want your credentials to be first yeah. to be like hey I am indeed qualified yeah. and some additional uh, like things that make you stand out are like leadership experience mm-hmm. uh, times um, when you've like taken one for the team Mm -hmm. and like showed that you really are a team player Mm -hmm. and just showing that like you're a fun person to be around with I think that goes a very long way um because if uh like a if a hiring manager is going to look through um your resume they're going to see like okay do they have the right credentials and then if they're seriously going to consider you they're going to be like okay how does this person stand out and I think um, standing out is going to be leadership experience. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that not everyone has. And also like showing that
0: you can be a good fit to the team. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, your job now at Amgen, um, mm-hmm. what are like some of the coolest things you've been working on? Because yeah. te- you definitely tell me that you're in, uh, you're in the office like all the time. I'm like, Lawrence, mm-hmm. spend time with me. And you're like, no, I'm busy. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, it sounds like you're playing in uh, voluntary hours, like you're working overtime mm-hmm. just because you want mm-hmm. to. And every time I ask you about work, you just say you're having a lot of fun in the lab. Um, <laughs> so yeah, what are some cool things you've been working on there? And just cool things you get to do? Yeah, sure. Um, I can't disclose too much because um, there's like an NDA
1: that I signed. Yep. But um, they're mostly ways revolved revolving around uh, doing um, antibody discovery using uh, single cells instead of like screening all these uh, huge uh, cell panels mm-hmm. or hyperdomin panels, which might not make that much sense to you. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> it's going to take like an extra like 30, 40 minutes for yeah, me to explain everything. Quite. So I think I'll cut you yeah. uh, that boredom. But um, yeah, it's mostly like a lot of um, kind of experimental stuff. We don't know if it's going to work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, usually in most cases, things don't work and that's kind of like science, science 90% of the time. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of just like doing these experiments for the rare, 10% of the times, um, it does work. Yeah. And I think that's what really uh, drives and motivates me. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I want to be that person that makes that 10% work, yeah. you know? And showing my team, like, hey, look at all this cool stuff I did. yeah, um, And, yeah.
0: yeah. No, for sure. I, that totally makes sense. Like, especially... It sounds like you're doing some sort of cutting-edge research, like, <laughs> innovate, innovative work. So, the, no, that, sound, that definitely sounds It's not cool. as
1: glamorous as it sounds. <laughs> like, I'll say that. Like, it's, it's a very ugly side because, yeah. like, you're there, you're really hungry, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, some of the lab equipment is, like, literally from the 90s. Yeah. Like, some of the equipment that I'm working with is older than me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but, yeah, it's definitely uh, super fun. It's, like, very rewarding. No, that's, uh, that's actually awesome. Um, I'm super glad that you found something you really seem to enjoy Um, Yeah, me too Yeah. So I guess I have a lot of friends So since I'm in uh, I have a lot of friends who are finishing up their last years in university I'll be finishing Mm -hmm. university soon Um, And I guess I've just been talking to a lot of people recently and all the uh, pretty common question is, like, oh, do you think you're going to get your master's? Are you going to continue mm-hmm. the schooling? Like, uh, I have friends pretty worried about their job search right now. Like, mm-hmm. uh, maybe what's some advice that you would give? Especially, I have a lot of friends in sciences with just, like, an undergrad mm-hmm. degree, um, or who will be getting just an undergrad degree, and they're debating mm-hmm. whether or not to continue with a master's. Like, what advice do you think you have for... Um, us undergrads (laughs) that's a really really good question that I had
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, as well like I was in that position Mm -hmm. um, at one point where I was just finishing undergrad and I asked a couple people a couple scientists about what they thought uh, from CDRD and from Amgen Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and the overwhelming response was don't get a masters for the sake of getting a masters Mm -hmm. Um, take your time and know what you want and when you do know what you want, get in and get out and don't, like, mess around for a couple of years. Okay. Um, the reason being is because if you don't know what exactly you want to do mm-hmm. with, uh, I guess, your Masters, yeah. then once you do finish your Masters, like, going through the motions here, once you do finish your Masters, um, you're going to be at the exact same point where you're about to graduate and you don't know what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And plus you wasted an extra two years of your life, maybe more. (laughs) Um, And yeah, you still don't really have like any more applicable skills, Mm -hmm. but if you do your research and try to figure out like what's going to be um, applicable, what's going to be like um, a skill that's going to be very useful in the industry, Mm -hmm. that's where, a master starts uh, providing its own value and where it makes sense to get a master's degree. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've asked this to a couple of scientists like I've been working with and um, they seem to agree in that it was really good advice that you should know what um, you want to get out of like an advanced program Mm -hmm. and making sure you're getting it done as efficiently as possible because you don't want to like stick around for your master's for, like, three to four years um, and then come out with uh, nothing in the end. For sure. I think um, people are inclined to do that path because, um, you know, it's, like, school is very safe,
2: mm-hmm. you know?
1: Like, we've been in school since like (laughs) kindergarten all the way until like undergrad what's that like since we were how many years i have no idea how many (laughs) years that's more than a decade 16 out of my 21 years so far yeah (laughs) yeah exactly like school is safe i think that's why people choose to do a master's is because i'm feeling very uncomfortable so i think um like doing school and continuing with it will provide like kind of uh security and knowing that you're doing something instead of nothing Mm -hmm. but if you're able to like just doing nothing and having like a regular job um that may not be so glamorous maybe it's not like such a bad thing you know yeah um and taking that time to figure out what you really want to do i think that's uh pretty valuable on its own if you can
0: afford that yeah no uh i totally agree um So do you think, in general, like, it's okay to figure things out, like, on the go? Or do you feel like people should have a general plan? Um, you know,
1: I don't think it's, like, a mutually exclusive thing, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, I I was watching, you know, uh, Long Food Productions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Philip? Yeah. So there was this one thing he was saying at this commencement speech, Mm -hmm. um... I think it was like for UCSB or UCSD or something, but he said, uh, take your time, but don't waste it. Mm -hmm. And I think that is some really good advice he gave. Um, so you can take as long as you want, as long as you need, Mm -hmm. like if you don't know what you're doing, uh, take your time, but make sure you're not just like wasting it and just like doing nothing every day, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think that would be the words to follow by.
0: Okay. No, that's really good. Um, so I guess, moving on. Um, now that you're making some solid cash, some solid <laughs> dough, yeah. uh, you recently moved into a new place. <laughs> so how's that been? Uh, like, has your lifestyle changed, <laughs> or like, what made you want to move out? All that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. So, um, it was kind of weird. Like, I
1: didn't really have plans about moving out mm-hmm. until like. Um, I guess one year after working Mm -hmm. and one person told me like you know moving out and renting isn't so bad Um, and like if you compare it to um, say buying a place and paying off a mortgage like sure that uh, makes sense if you're going to stay in one place uh, for a while Mm -hmm. but if you're going to buy and sell and move around then it makes more sense to rent and invest uh, the difference okay yeah So that's what got me thinking and I realized that, like, um, hopefully I get to keep my job for a while, but maybe one day there'll be a period of time where Mm -hmm. um, things aren't going so well and I have to find a new job. Well, the place I'm going to be looking is probably the States because their um, pharma industry and, I guess, life science industry is uh, much larger there compared to Canada's. So uh, movement is still, like a very real possibility Yeah. and then that's kind of like what kickstarted like this whole idea of like moving out and everything happened so abruptly I just started looking at um, Facebook mm-hmm. uh, marketplace ads for places to crash Yeah. Um, found like a pretty cool place with uh, what seemed to be a really chill roommate which he is thankfully Yeah. Um, and yeah that's how I made the move like I figured that it would make sense and be um, good for I guess my own development to mm-hmm. move out to uh, gain that independence yep. and learning to do things on your own, um, you know having your own routines, staying disciplined in the absence of others, um, aka my parents mm-hmm. um, <laughs> And yeah, I think um, it was also like a reddit post I read that said that um. Moving out and being independent is such a underrated, um, aspect of uh your early twenties. Like, it's such a important uh, milestone and big step for you. Yeah. Um, for you to develop socially, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of resonated with that, and that's what like kickstarted, I guess.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you were talking about how you think living on your own and stuff will like help you become more independent and help you grow and stuff. What are some ways you feel mm-hmm. like? that you've grown now that you've lived on your own and maybe things that you took for granted from your parents, I guess? (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: I think it would be um, doing literally everything by yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's talking about, like, maintaining the house, cooking for yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, buying your own groceries, doing your own laundry, cleaning um, the house um, every so often. I think that's going to be a very... Uh, important step because i think in a lot of asian households like parents want to be involved with uh, everything with a child because they love their child so much and um, they want everything that's best for the child mm-hmm. um, so they're going to take off as much stress as they can by doing a lot of things for a child um, such as uh, cooking cleaning all that kind of stuff and trying mm-hmm. to help out where possible yeah And then that's great, but um, I think um, there's pros and cons to it too, because sometimes then um, people become overly dependent on uh, their parents. Um, So I think having that kind of moving out experience uh, forces uh, independence in that sense. Okay, yeah. And there's also um, the benefit of uh, living with a roommate, because now you have to consider. Um, your living space with others and how that impacts them mm-hmm. um, for example like um, little things like taking out the trash uh, on appropriately on schedule and like um, the bathroom situation if you're sharing a bathroom um, and like having shared living spaces and like the kitchen like all these like little things kind of mm-hmm. add up yeah. and I think that builds a lot of um, I guess social development. Yeah. When you start having to considering other people's um, routines and not
0: just your own. Uh, what do you think was the biggest hassle or the uh, new thing that you have had to do that's been the most uh, most difficult or? Uh, hmm. I think
1: the thing that required the most, like. I guess, the biggest learning curve is isn't even that big. It's just, like, planning out for the week and getting my own groceries. That's oh. pretty That's pretty <laughs> annoying um, because I have to think about what I'm going to be eating, um, if I'm going to have uh, any guests over, mm-hmm. um, if I need, like, um, like little things, too, like uh, things I took for granted were, like, nail clippers. Like, I didn't <laughs> think i need to buy nail clippers. Yeah. I thought I'd just have them in my the bathroom, you yeah. know? Like, that's how it was at home. <laughs> Open the drawer, it's like, completely empty. and like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I think that's the biggest thing. And, like, taking out the trash, mm-hmm. like, it's a little bit annoying because you have to go to, like, this dedicated trash room okay. that's a couple, like, floors away. You have to take the elevator mm-hmm. and whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, um, all these things, they're not even big deals. Like, yeah. um, it just became part of, like, my daily life now, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so... I wouldn't say there's any like big hassles like um associated with moving out besides like um your savings being like a little bit drier uh, every <laughs> <Yeah>. month. <laughs> oh man, that sucks. But um other than that, like
0: um seems okay. Okay. Uh on the topic of savings because I think mm-hmm. uh lots of us now are also trying to become a little bit more independent and I think I'm trying to be a little bit smarter about my money. Um, Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that you've been trying to like budget or uh, Mm -hmm. just become or just be better with your finances?
1: Yeah, so um, there's a lot of budgeting advice out there. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of different strategies, um, but it all comes down to uh, what fits best for you. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, it's pretty simple. Like, I forget what It's called, I think it's like 50, 30, 20, the 50, 30, 20 rule. Um, basically the 30%, uh, corresponds to, uh, your, um, needs. So that's going to be like paying rent. That's going to be food and, um, transportation to work, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of stuff, life insurance, um, gas, whatever. Um, and then, um, that's pretty simple. Um, and then the next bucket, I forget what it was, it's really bad, but, mm-hmm. um, I know that at least 10% of your salary should be, uh, saved either into, in high interest savings account yeah. to collect interest as your emergency fund, Okay, and the rest of that should go into, um, a, what's it called, a TFSA or an equivalent, um... I guess investing account mm-hmm. or uh, R S P. Okay. Um and then, you know, for me like every month I'll set apart like okay, this is how much I'm going to take out and put into my savings and I just split it up between my TFSA and my R S P all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um and then uh anything left. I try to minimize uh, spending wherever possible. Mm-hmm. So I invest in myself first. Yeah. Put away all that money and then I have uh X amount of money left mm-hmm. after rent, after savings, after whatever. And then for that money, um I use it for like little things like if I wanna buy clothes, if I wanna like um <laughs> buy a subscription on a membership like yeah. Crunch <laughs> a roll to watch High or yeah. something. <laughs> um and then I try to minimize that as much as possible mm-hmm. and then save all the rest, all the difference, and then uh, do that for every month. But it's a pretty streamlined process right. if you um, set up like, okay, I want this percent to go rent, this percent to go to savings every single month. Mm-hmm. So you know exactly uh, how much you're saving and how much uh, you have left to um, spend on, um, I guess, the little luxuries of life. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you want to try to like minimize that while having like, um, a decent life, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't use that up, then um, put it all into savings.
0: Okay. No, that's that's cool. Um, it's really good to hear that you're just being a little bit smarter with your finances and just <laughs> doing things on your own now. Um, mm-hmm. So actually another topic, uh, I guess right now with the COVID-19 pandemic,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: like uh, mental health and stuff like that's been... More prominent, I feel this year, especially with all mm-hmm, these different definitely. events going on. Um, so I'm just curious. Like, uh, I feel like in during our interactions, like we're generally pretty happy. We're just playing sports, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yep. um, how do you deal with like stress? And how often do you feel like you have you're like not happy or you're distressed mm-hmm. or you do you have any levels of anxiety, just like stuff like that? Um, yeah, um, it's actually something
1: I really struggled with um, when I was working,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, because,
0: um, I'm not sure if you heard about it, but it's called uh, imposter syndrome. Oh, for sure. Actually, this was pretty recent. I had a conversation about this, but yeah. Yeah. So
1: I have like crazy imposter syndrome at Mm -hmm. work because everyone's like, so, um, smart, talented. Everyone's been Um, working in the field in the company for like 10 to 20 years Mm -hmm. way more years than me I just started and like I didn't have that much experience or credentials to back it up Mm -hmm. so it kind of feels like um, I kind of lucked out my way into um, getting into uh, my job and like in a sense that I don't deserve it because I was uh, quote-unquote lucky Mm -hmm. Um, so you know I kind of like just talked to my manager about it and like I think um Having his support uh really uh helped reassure me um because he helped in many so many ways like I have a really great manager. He helped by like uh, managing my workload better mm-hmm. um, and by reassuring me yeah. um, and I think I also owe it to my friends because I told my friends about it too, mm-hmm. and um I find comfort in um knowing that. I'm not by myself, and it's not just me fighting, um, this kind of, like, battle, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's going to be the main sources of, like, um, I guess, resources and, uh, support that I'll seek out is mostly friends and making sure that, um, everyone knows, like, thankfully, like, it hasn't been too crazy, too out of hand, um, recently, yeah. or I guess this year. Mm-hmm. So I've had, like, the luxury of not needing to deal with anything more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's
0: definitely a thing. Yeah. So mostly just talking to other people and just communicating your feelings, I guess? Yeah, exactly. Just,
1: um, I, I think it differs for everyone. There's not, like, a one-size-fits-all oh, solution. For sure. Uh... Um, But for me, like, my... I guess coping mechanism is just knowing that uh, I'm not alone in uh, these situations Mm -hmm. even though like
0: sometimes it really does feel like you're alone Mm -hmm. Uh, on the flip side of that then um, Mm -hmm. what are some things that you generally get like really excited about or when I do something nutty in volleyball (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah Um, yeah, that and like um, in the summer it was always like um like a pretty social related thing like whenever i got to hang out with my friends or play volleyball i always looked forward to doing those things Mm -hmm. um now it's kind of hard to have that kind of thing uh to look forward to to get excited about um so (laughs) that kind of sucks yeah (laughs) but um yeah i guess that and like uh experiments that work out because like i said uh statistically, like, 90% of the things you do that are kind of, like, um, exploratory, mm-hmm. in a sense, uh, will fail. Yeah. So it's always those, like, 10% um, results when you see it actually work. That's really, really uh, positive, really... Um, yeah, it's a very rewarding feeling. So I think that's um, something that I look forward to at work. And I guess outside of work, it's just... um mostly playing volleyball yeah (laughs) and uh, hanging out with my friends
0: yeah um actually so uh, interesting because so you were talking about how your lab procedures or tests uh they'll often fail Mm -hmm. uh and sometimes you just get like that one really good run or whatever i feel like that's Mm -hmm. kind of analogous to life lots of the time you'll try something and you just don't succeed for a long time so Mm -hmm. um in terms of life and just whatever you're working on how do you manage to stay motivated and keep working on the things that you want to work on because definitely failure is a uh, deterrent in a lot mm-hmm. of things so just where does your motivation come from and what keeps you going for the most part um i think like motivation is a pretty
1: fleeting feeling i think it's pretty temporary i think more importantly it's a uh, discipline mm-hmm. and trying to be disciplined, even though you're not motivated, you know that, um, for the future you, you kind of like owe it to yourself to mm-hmm. do, uh, exactly what you need to do because it's a responsibility. Um, I think that kind of like takes precedence over motivation and like discipline is something that you can train. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be key. Um, especially like during, a. Uh, these times when um sometimes life is like a little bit bleak yeah but finding a little bit discipline um is going to be more important than a motivation i think
0: okay uh what are some ways you feel like you try and keep yourself disciplined and some keys to that i guess mm-hmm. um so recently i guess um
1: one thing i've been doing is uh like an hour of reading every day okay Ooh. Um yeah, it's not it's not interesting though. It's uh, like <laughs> uh it's reading a textbook actually <laughs> and uh learning to be better uh for mm-hmm. my team. Yeah. Um and I guess like other things like not fully letting yourself go um with like all this junk food, making sure you're like sleeping a proper amount, getting like your eight, nine hours of sleep every day, um and like cooking a proper meal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um just like all these little things and like making sure um you're cleaning your room every so often.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um yeah, I think that's how you can uh, better train your discipline.
0: Okay. Um I guess just moving on. Uh so do you have any side projects or anything in the near future that you're looking forward to? Any plans? Hmm. Mm. Side projects.
1: Mm. <laughs> i've been just telling work. everyone that i want to like brush up on coding but i haven't done that Ooh. so maybe 2021 is the year like i'm taking an <laughs> introductory class yeah. um for python but i <laughs> forgot everything okay so maybe that's in the works for 2021 mm-hmm. um but for 2020 like uh one of my major goals was to finally um learn how to invest and understand money and like how to save Mm -hmm. and i think i did a pretty good job with that but for 2021 i don't think i have anything like off the top of my head right now okay um besides like maybe cracking that coding thing yeah who (laughs) knows maybe it'll never get done but hopefully i can uh, get down to do that
0: um that's fine yeah are you so that are you what but you you have any like goals for uh 2021 uh actually yeah so uh i got into music production pretty recently uh yeah i think actually i mentioned it to you but yeah uh actually i have a well by the time this is released i will already have a a lo-fi playlist put out um so i was making a bunch of lo-fi beats just for fun if um they're not like well mixed or anything but it was just so i could get used to like the production process and stuff Yep. Um, but then I'm taking an online music production course this month, or starting mm-hmm. from January. Um, since I'm on co-op, I was like, I have extra time after work, so might as well take an online course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so hopefully, I will be releasing. And well, I have a bunch of song ideas, and I just need to know how to actually like produce them. <laughs> so uh, I'm wanting to release an EP towards the end of this year it's a little yeah. ambitious but that's my current goal um and then besides that like not too much going on i've been trying to get better at chess <laughs> everyone's at used, chess. Seems, yeah everyone seems to be playing chess right now and i'm like <laughs> i i don't want to lose so i've been you know like for some reason chess. i'm getting a
1: lot of um chess ads uh, not ads uh, recommendations like youtube yeah. is for some reason recommending me like to watch like these 10 year olds play grandmasters yeah. i'm just like what the heck where is this coming from yeah so i didn't know like the chess hype is real yeah. for some reason no the
0: chess hype is huge this year i think lots of it was uh, like twitch streamers started playing um oh uh... there was i'm not sure if you watched it but did you watch like the queen's gambit no um, It's a like Pretty popular That's show right It's a yeah It's a Netflix series Like seven yeah. Seven episodes Or something But it was Pretty good And I think A lot of people Just started To want to get Into chess But mm. um Yeah Um But yeah So We're coming up At the one hour mark And um <laughs> So Once again This podcast Is called Life Leasons So one thing As I mentioned At the beginning Of this podcast Is um I want to just Learn from other people's experiences and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. so, some uh, something that like people always say is like learn from your mistakes, but I think you can also learn from other people's mistakes or just uh, the things they've been through. So um, mm-hmm. something I want to do is ask you, oh, what are three life lessons of yours? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit tough. You can lessons. take your time and think about it. But if what are some? What are three lessons that either. Uh, like you've learned throughout your life or things general rules of uh, general rules of thumb that you've kind of come up with and formed on your own and you can take mm-hmm. your time with it because uh, it can be as big as you want as small as you want just however you interpret that
1: mm-hmm. um, I think the first would be to be comfortable with yourself Mm-hmm. i think i've learned that when um went traveling by myself mm-hmm. um and also like living by yourself um and just kind of like enjoying your own company because many times like well maybe not many times but um just kind of like giving yourself care and like always being there for yourself is going to go a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be shown in like many little ways as like, you know, scheduling X amount of time to uh, better yourself or kind of like, um, spend time with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, you know, if you're going out to eat and being comfortable, like eating by yourself, I think that's pretty valuable Yeah, and not always relying on others, uh, attention kind of like to uh, keep you um, happy I guess like making your own happiness sounds kind of cliche but I think that's something that's pretty important Mm -hmm. Um, I think the second would be to manage your time well like it's so easy especially during the pandemic to lose track of time and start waking up at like 12 p.m and like half your day is gone already you know like we've all been there before i've definitely been there before
0: <laughs> i'm still um, there <laughs>
1: yeah exactly like yeah. um making sure like you do something like a little bit productive like even if it's insignificant even if it's just like as much as taking out the trash mm-hmm. like i think that's already good enough like making sure you're managing your time properly Um, and being a little bit productive and this is going to be something that's really really important at work because Mm -hmm. this is also maybe like um maybe it's just me but like I have a hard time managing my time at work to the point where like I'm sticking around at work uh, way longer than it should be and I think that's like evident if you ask like my friends you (laughs) ask them hey what's Lawrence doing like he's probably at work um (laughs) I think that's really important because understanding the value of your time and like, um, and how your time affects others as well, that's mm-hmm. going to be really important, not just in your work life, but I think also, uh, when it comes to like relationships, like both friendships and with like your partner or whatever, yeah. um, managing your time is going to be so important there. And that's something I'm still trying to figure out like what works for me. Okay. I think the last one is pretty simple like uh, just treat yourself every once in a while like life is already hard enough as is I think yeah. it's important to take time every now and then to like splurge and like cut back a little bit mm-hmm. um yeah I think um just take it easy and don't be so hard on yourself because that's also something um I think a lot of people have a challenge with mm-hmm. is um kind of being too hard on themselves and like you're your own harshest critic okay and that's something that's kind of like floated around a lot
2: mm-hmm.
1: um especially at uh i guess my workplace yeah and um yeah just don't be too hard on yourself and um try to treat yourself every once in a while because life is already hard enough as is
0: okay no i, I really like that so uh just be comfortable with yourself manage your time and mm-hmm. uh, treat yourself every once in a while no that's mm-hmm. that's really good um, so then very last thing is, um, I'm going to start giving you out these, like, friend awards. <laughs> Cause, okay. Uh, I think, uh, you always want to surround yourself with, like, friends that support and motivate you and, like, add something to your life. So, uh, I just like to commend you for how you always inspire me, uh, every time <laughs> I hear about how much you love your work. Um, and just, to me, you're just, like, that older figure who I can... It was just, like, a few footsteps ahead. So uh, I can... I You, like, just help lead the way and I can always, like, look up to you and be like, uh, just look at the way that you interact with other people, uh, as you mentioned, and the way that uh, work just makes you so happy. It makes me want to find uh, my own passion and Mm -hmm. uh, create relationships in the same type of way. So uh, I admire... I just admire you and um, I just thought uh, I'd verbally show my appreciation (laughs) um but yeah also thanks for (laughs) i have here uh thanks for keeping me thanks for keeping me driven both literally and physically (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no uh thanks for uh being on here is there anything you want to plug any social media handles to uh, uh so other people can follow you on your journey
1: Nah, I'm good. I'm not too big on social media, (laughs) so I think I'll sit down on that one. But um, thanks for having me. This was uh, really great.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, And yeah, so thanks to everyone who's listening. Um, We'll see you on the next episode.
2: Bye. See ya.